0: It is always a great day when we have our good friend, Jason Hanley, Vice President of Education and Visitor Engagement at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum, because that means we have some great developments with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And this episode is no exception, ladies and gentlemen. We are here to analyze the nominees for the 2024 ceremony, which were just announced a couple days ago. Uh, Super stoked to have them. So let's get straight to it. Look, the nominees uh, for the 2024 induction are Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, Cher, Dave Matthews Band, Eric B. and Rakim, Foreigner, Peter Frampton, Jane's Addiction, Cool and the Gang, Lenny Kravitz, Oasis, Sinead O'Connor, Ozzy Osbourne, Sade, and A Tribe Called Quest very interesting ballot. We're going to talk about it with Jason. 10 out of the 15 nominees are on the ballot for the first time, including Mariah Carey, Cher, Foreigner, Peter Frampton, Cool and the Gang, Lenny Kravitz, Oasis, Sinead O'Connor, Sade and Ozzy Osbourne. And the ceremony is going to return to Disney Plus and ABC. Uh, Last year's ceremony was the first one to be streamed live on Disney Plus. And the special at ABC on New Year's Day reached over 13 million viewers across linear and streaming. So, Super excited to um, to be back talking about uh, one of our favorite events of the year. And uh, the always knowledgeable, charismatic, and fantastic Jason Hanley is going to break it down for us. So uh, make sure that you stay, uh, that, that, that you tune in. Make sure that you uh, that you enjoy the episode. And uh, yeah, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. One of the jewels of North America. Thrilled to, to be talking about this on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Hey. How you doing, Jamie? Good morning. Jason Hanley, the legend. <laughs> right back at you, sir. <laughs> Man, Jason Hanley, so good to see you. How you doing? Vice President of Education, Visitor Engagement, Rock
1: and Roll Hall of Fame, and a good friend of ours. How did you wake up today, Jason? I'm feeling good, Jamie. I'm feeling good. Yeah, we had a I had a good weekend uh watching the Super Bowl yesterday, but Even more exciting, of course, in the world of rock and roll. We announced our uh, 2024 rock and roll nominees, and it's a really exciting list. So, waking up here on a Monday morning. I know, you know, and a couple, let's get the football out of the way.
0: Uh, I don't know how you feel about a Browns as a Browns fan, but I wake up today as a Dolphins fan, kind of disheartened that uh, I don't think we're ever going to beat this guy.
1: (laughs) It it is pretty incredible uh, to watch. Mahomes and and the Chiefs play uh I even said to uh, to, uh my family who I was watching the game with I said I don't know in my opinion I thought the 49ers probably played the better game but man Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just pulled it out at the end it was it was uh pretty impressive to watch I mean even all the mistakes they made they managed to, to bring it back so but uh you know as a Browns fan and here in Cleveland we we never give up we're always ready for another season ofs that's right.
0: Yeah, there's nothing like Cleveland, folks. 10 degrees, That's 1 right. degree, 80 degrees, they're all in the dog pound. That's Love it. Right. Oh, God. All right. Well, Jason, I mean, th- th- thanks for joining us again. Always, always a pleasure to have you uh, on the show. This is always a special Thank time you. of the year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this weekend, obviously, the 2024 uh, nominees were announced. By the way, the, the ceremony will return to Disney Plus and ABC. Uh, last year was the first year that it did um, reached over 13 million viewers across the linear and streaming, and, and the New Year's Day telecast was the number one entertainment choice among adults 18 through 49. So excited that that, that that's a great partnership that it's coming back. So, all right, so Jason, let's go through the list uh, as we do, and then maybe we'll dig in a little bit deeper, if you will. So so the list is the following, um, and and if I miss one, please pardon me. But I think we have Mary J. Blige, we have Mariah Carey, we got Cher. Dave Matthews Band, Eric B and Rakim, Foreigner, friends of the show, Peter Frampton, Jane's Addiction, Cool and the Gang, Lenny Kravitz, Oasis, Sinead O'Connor, Ozzy Osbourne, Sade, and a tribe called Quest. Yep, I think you got them all. Man, I, well, well, Jason, I mean, ten out of the fifteen nominees are on the ballot for the first time. First time uh, have not been on the ballot yeah. at all. Yeah, I, I mean, it. This list, I, I mean. They This one strikes as first impression, uh, just very varied, uh, very wide influences,
1: um, but it all ends up tying to the same place, right? Yeah, I mean, it's really fascinating. I think, you know, Jamie, you and I have even talked about this before. I think over the last number of years, you know, for those who pay attention to who gets on the ballot and what's happening, um, we've seen this trend towards more and more diverse sounds and voices and different representations of rock and roll continuing to get on the ballot. And, you know, some years you can see certain trends. You know, a few years ago, we had a lot of bands from the kind of mid-80s, that kind of MTV generation. Um, in certain years, you've seen ones where we've had more bands, sort of classic rock bands. This year, it's really all over the place. You look at those 15 names you read, and you've got everything from R&B, hip-hop, alternative rock, pop, soul, um, you know, kind of funk, even with Cool in the gang. It's just such an amazing list of different sounds. I actually joked it's going to be hard to figure out who to vote for <laughs> when you're looking at that list uh, because there's so many great artists and they're all so unique and different too. Totally.
0: And speaking of voting, Jason, maybe for our newer audience or, or those that have not seen this particular episode, to be eligible. Uh, the the first album, the debut album must be 25 years, right? Twenty five. Yes, years.
1: that's right. Of- that's the one hard and fast rule. It has to be 25 years since the first album you put out, or single or whenever it might be, right? 25 years. And then there's a voting uh, panel of, uh, please enlighten me, a thousand members, is it? Yeah, it's, it's um, more than that now. I think we're up to, I think it's about several thousand people vote in the final vote that the ballot goes out to. That includes every living inductee. So if you're an inductee of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you're going to get to vote for it. And there is also the fan uh, fan ballot that anybody can vote on. And that uh, only counts as one vote in the final vote at the end of the day. But the great thing about the fan vote is it really lets fans have a voice and see where their artist sits. Um, And you can do that right at rockroll.com starting right now. Uh, Log in and you vote uh, once a day. And this year, I don't know if you noticed it, Jamie, if you saw it, but it used to be that for the voters who send in an official ballot and the fans on the fan vote, it was only five artists. Now it is seven. You can vote for up to seven well, artists wow. on the ballot. Okay.
0: I did not notice that. Thanks for bringing that up. So, so Jason, I mean, let, let me talk about three, you know, specifically. I mean, let, let me start with Cher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like an artist so iconic, she only needs one name, basically, as <laughs> people say. Um, and, but, but obviously what I, what, what strikes me about Cher and kind of analyzing it, letting it sit in this weekend is, you know, she is a female badass. I mean, she trailblazed, mm-hmm. we talk about trailblazers, but she's like the trailblazer of the trailblazers in, in, yeah. in, in women. Music.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think Cher is one of those good examples where you get into these conversations about, well, what is rock and roll? What is pop? What is, you know, this type of music or that? And because Cher has had such incredible popularity throughout her career, she gets looked at as a pop artist. But that doesn't mean you can't be a complete innovator in the world of music. If you think about Cher, everything from the early records with Sonny and Cher, with her husband at the time, the TV show they had, and she became an international icon for the television show. She innovated so many great songs over the years, even all the way up into, uh, you know, the more recent decades with songs like Believe uh, that sort of was the first song that really took autotune, which was something that was used to fix people's voice. And she found a way to make it into an artistic tool and do something really unique and different with it. Um, and even this past year, she had a Christmas album. Out. So she's not slowed down. Cher is still making music. She's been an advocate for the LGBTQIA community. Um, so many of these things just really put her in that iconic territory. And I think the funny thing is a lot of people will say it's kind of surprising it's the first time she's ever been nominated. You think someone like Cher might have been nominated before, but this is her first time on the ballot. Yeah, well, you're
0: right. You're exactly right. And I think when I look at Cher, I divide it into two careers, you know, almost like Kobe Bryant or whatever, or Tom Brady that had that same thing. Um, That that first half. Like you said, Sonny and Share," I got you, babe. You know the counterculture leadership. But that second half, what do? You, what can you tell me about that second half, Jason? I mean, she became a movie star, and then of course that '90s kind of like renaissance there. That like, you know, that was pretty impressive. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, that shows the incredible skill she just has as a performer, as an actress. You know, I'm thinking Moonstruck, which was one of the biggest movies at the time that she was in, and then to come back, like you said, with a whole another career getting into electronic dance music, um, Um, always pushing forward in trends. And like you said, she's this sort of innovator of the innovators. There's no doubt that people like uh, Madonna, Beyonce, all of them were looking at kind of Cher's career trajectory and thinking, how do I do something like that? How do I innovate in the same way that Cher did?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's pivot to uh, Dave Matthews Band here for a second, Jason. There's a statistic that I, I need to verify it with you. Is it true that Dave Matthews' band are the only band, I got I to gotta get this right, with seven
1: consecutive albums de- debuting at number one? That's right. The only band to do that. And, and that, um, it's crazy when you think about that, right? That means that all those albums that came out seven in a row, consecutive albums, all debuted at number one. And that's like an Not these Right. Not anybody. No, the Dave Matthews band, right? Um, and it shows the popularity they've had with their fans, but it also shows what great music they kept doing, right? They weren't a band that had one or two, you know, big albums and then fell off. They constantly were putting out great new music. And let's face it, one of the greatest live bands ever. I mean, they know how to put on a show. They pulled audiences in again and again. Um, And it's funny, I think, even seeing Dave Matthews on stage at the induction last year, this this past year, um, That's right. and and getting on stage and his performance, his speech that he gave, I mean, everything was so genuine. Uh, you just couldn't help but sort of say like, "Yeah, man, Dave Matthews. When are we going to get him into the Hall of Fame?" So, yeah, yeah, I
0: I love it. I love it, Jason. Let me let me talk to you about when I'm a little surprised. Um, I think he's great, you know. And and you know, in my Miami days, he used to spend. All, he was, he was a a staple on our station there, Lenny Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, but its it, it was a little surprising. Um, never thought of Lenny Kravitz' uh, discography as as something, you know, that was like next level, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe you can tell me about, you know, how he influenced other people or, or the mark that he sonically has done.
1: Yeah, I think Lenny Kravitz is somebody who hasn't put out a million albums, but each one that he's done has taken rock and roll, pushed it in a new direction. Uh, mixing up ideas of kind of soulful music with rock. Um, He was always out there sort of on the edge. One of the things a lot of people don't realize is Lenny Kravitz fought very hard for his creative control. You know, he really made sure that he found a label he could be on where he had the ability to do what he wanted. Uh, He played most of the instruments on those albums. He's got a great live band, not to knock them, they're fantastic, but on the records, it's a lot of just Lenny playing. Um, He almost embodies some of that, aspect of like Prince, a creator who really is dedicated to the art, goes in, wants to build these albums from scratch. And he has continued to come back time and time again, uh, not just as a great musician, but a great live performer, a great fashion icon. Um, And I think he's a name that, like you said, maybe surprised some people on this list. But then when you start thinking about it, you say, man, you know, are you going to go my way? I mean, some of these songs are just so iconic and you hear them all the time. They're so popular, you almost don't even realize that you're listening to them all the time, right? That's right. That's right.
0: To something you pointed out earlier, I think this is the first taste of that kind of trend, like new millennium, uh, you know, rock kind of bridge that we're going to start to see. I think think this is just like a sample of of what's coming, if you will. Um, Jason, you are a historian. Tell me about someone in the list that, you know, that you... Like you always love the stuff like craft work and then you always like the good stuff, man. Like you are like a chef, (laughs) chef. Tell me like, who are you? Like, Who is your like PhD
1: uh, Zen really happy about? So I'll tell you, I think the band that, well, I'll I'll give two. First of all, let me say just on a pure like fandom level, I'm excited to see Jane's Addiction back on the list again. Um, I believe you been a a fan fan of theirs. Yeah, you know, my wife and I went to the first Lollapalooza ever. Uh, We used to see Jane's Addiction all the time. I think they pushed, again, a band that really only had three albums and then a few more after that kind of peak period. So not a lot of records, but really, I think, pushed the boundaries. Now, on a musical level, the band I'm the most excited to see on this list is Cool and the Gang. And Mm -hmm. I think I've been talking about Cool and the Gang for a long time. You know, Earth, Wind & Fire was inducted uh, many years ago. But Cool and the Gang is one of those bands that I think because they sound so fun and they get you up and moving, people don't take them seriously. But this is a band that moved through funk music sounds, soul music sounds, R&B. They innovated. They pushed things forward. They had songs that were uh, mostly instrumental. They have songs that are just some of the biggest pop hits around the globe. And I've often been chatting with people around here since the news came out on Saturday, you know, celebrate, you know, celebration is such a pop song. You hear it everywhere. Every party, wedding, you name it, it gets played. But that doesn't mean it's not an amazing song. It's just so in our consciousness, right? But the playing on that song, the way it's structured, there's a reason it immediately gets everybody up on the dance floor every time it's played. There's there's something in the DNA of that, in their funk roots, and they're one of the most sampled bands in hip-hop. Uh, oh, if you think right. about how many hip-hop artists, Jay-Z, uh, you know, Puff Daddy, Mace, um, all of these artists went and sampled them because those grooves are just so good. Um, so I'm excited, I think, on a musical level, when you really dig into Cool and the Gang, they're just such a... Uh, fantastic group of talented musicians i'm really looking forward to seeing how they do i i think they've kind of got my vote so let's put it that
0: way love it (laughs) love to see it um jane's addiction jason uh to to someone maybe like a gen z or or someone that is kind of like not that familiar with that era um what set them apart from you know quite heavy competition they had kind of like in that same chapter
1: yeah i think what jane's addiction did is they when they really got started in the late 80s, mid to late 80s, they were taking sort of elements of the rock music scene in L.A. You know, it's the same scene you're going to get Guns N' Roses is coming out of and all that. But Jane's Addiction mixed that rock sound with um, kind of East Coast punk. They were big fans of like Bad Brains. They were mixing in different elements of alternative rock. They were pushing the boundaries. I mean, Perry and the and the guys really wanted to... Put something out there that looked at society in a really deep way and pulled it apart um you know i even think about a song like pigs in zen which is a favorite of mine kind of a little bit of an early deep cut but uh man it really just looks at sort of, sort of the grit of la and the world they were living in and they put on fantastic live shows and again i think they're one of those bands where they didn't have a massive catalog, but those albums they made in the early days really set the tone for alternative rock. I think so many other bands came after. In fact, Tom Morello actually has gone out there and said, yo, if you want to know where the roots of Rage Against the Machine go back to, where that sort of hard rock and roll alternative punk rock comes from, you got to look to Jane's Addiction. That's the band that did it for us. So, you know, when Tom Morello points them out, that's a pretty good endorsement. (laughs) Absolutely, Jason. Well, I know you got a busy day. Let's uh, let me
0: leave you with the museum talk. I mean, the museum. What can you tell us about the expansion? All I know is that great things are coming. Uh, how great? When are they coming? Like, I'm like, just I'm really hyped. What's going on?
1: It's very cool, Jamie. In fact, right out the uh, door and the window over here by me, we already have broken ground, and the space. Uh, if you've ever been to the Rockner Hall of Fame, there's a big sort of space between us and the Great Lakes Science Center next door. That whole area now is being bulldozed and dug into. Mm -hmm. It is going to be for this beautiful new expansion that we are going to be building over the next two years. It's going to contain a gorgeous new free space for people to come into. It's going to have a new concert hall that we're going to have in there. It's going to have the first ever official Rock and Roll Hall of Fame education center, student center that's going to be in there. Um, It is going to be such a game changer. We're also going to move our administrative offices, which I know you've been in, down sort of in in the lower level is going to move into the expansion. And what that's going to allow us to do is expand our main exhibit hall even more. So even though this new building is going to have a lot of great things in it, it's going to let us redo and redesign some of the current pyramid building that's here. And there's going to be a gorgeous new park that's going to come down from the street down to the waterfront. So there'll actually be a kind of updated, beautiful, new uh, natural area for walking through to connect the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to the lakefront. And uh, we're excited. I I can't wait to see what we're going to be able to do. You know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is an amazing building, but I've always joked we've kind of outgrown it, and it's great now to be thinking about this expansion that will lead us into the next 25 to 30 years for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame going forward. 100%
0: hundred percent, Jason. I'm super excited. Now we just gotta get you know media outlets when they talk about it, not to post that shitty photo that you always joke about on Twitter. You know, right, the touch- old <laughs> photo. That's right. I I often do.
1: You think Jamie's definitely right. photo from like the nineties? <laughs> we have these amazing pictures of our building, and there's this one photo. It's from like back in like the late nineties, and it's just it looks terrible. It's it's a good photo. The photographer did a good job, but it's so out of date. It doesn't really show the museums. So you're right. I'm always like. Hey, we've got a new phone. Contact me. I'll send it over.
0: <laughs> uh, well, Jason Handley, man, so stoked. And thank you for your time. And the a class. And, and always, always, always an honor to chat with you. It feels like, talk, I've talked about this. It feels like we can start the year now. Things are moving. We, we're we living. We're living another year. Thank you, Jason. That's right. Awesome, Jamie. Great talking to you today. Take care, brother. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here for the latest from the show. Also, Be sure to check out more of the best clips from J-Rod Concerts Media.
1: You have been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in.